Ephesians chapter 1. 1 verse 1 through to verse 14. Let us stand as in honor to the word of God. Those who can. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father for Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to him, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in, these, in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he had abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him, of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of, the, of, of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that, he believed, he were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Gracious God, we thank you for your word. And we ask your blessing upon your word. And that you, Almighty God, would... Glorify your name as you speak to us in accent clear and still. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We focus on the Trinity in the gospel of grace. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the gospel of grace. And Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. He started out by saying that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And notice he said by the will of God. 
Too many people talk about the will of God. Brother Dennis is blessed because he's at a church uh, for so long. And the average stay of many pastors is just three or so years. And he's blessed in the sense that he has persons who are under his ministry for several years. And I've been, he has been faithful and you have been faithful because you understand, as it says, he's called by the will of God. Too many times you hear people say, hey, call people by the will and then by the next year, they, they call him on the phone or send, say you have to resign. Because they do not understand what it means by the will of God. That you are a child of God by, and if you understand your calling as a Christian, then you are called by the will of God. And Paul said, I am an apostle by the will of, of God. And he says, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes into this about the position of believers. Where we stand. And he begins by, he begin, he began by pointing out the importance of the love of the divine father in the Trinity. The love of the divine, the gospel of grace originated in the love of God the Father. That is what we are told. For God so loved the world that he gave. We talk about Jesus and so on, but the the, the gospel began with God the Father. In Paul, in Romans, chapter 1, tells us clearly that it is the, the gospel of God. In Romans, chapter 1, he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of God. Amen. It is not that God forgot and then Jesus came and introduced right. it. Right. It is the gospel of God as outlined. And, and here Paul says that this gospel of God, that you and I have been chosen by this gospel for holiness. Yeah. Holiness without which no one can see God. So Paul tells us here in, in, in this section from verse 3 to 6 about this calling of God. He says, the calling to holiness, he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a clear evidence that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who has blessed us with all spiritual Blessings. In other words, God has blessed his church with many blessings, Amen. spiritual blessings. Amen. And we must appreciate the gift of God or the gifts of God within the body of Christ. Amen. 
He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So you and I have been blessed spiritually with many blessings in Christ Jesus. In his domain, according as he says, as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That is before the world was established. It was not an afterthought. And God said, what am I going to do? I will send my son now to remedy that. No, the Bible tells us plainly that he had us in mind even before the world was created. And he created the world. Before the foundation of the world. And guess what? He created us from before the, he had this plan for us before the foundation has called us unto holiness. This is what he says. Of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That is what a, what a, what a, what a, what a privilege it is for us to be called to holiness in love. Call to holiness even before, even before we were called to evangelize. Huh? God has set us apart to be holy. And remember what God said in Leviticus, be ye holy for I the Lord your God, I am holy. Amen. The Christian then must be holy people. What, what do we mean when we talk about holiness? We are not talking about some people believe that they are holier than thou. Yeah. Or who can make the most nice. Mm-hmm. Or who can shout the most hallelujah. Yeah. We are talking about holiness means a cut above the rest. In other words, you are different. You are the light of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You are God's representative. You must not be guided by anyone else except the word of the living God. And the word of God will determine even where you work. You are set apart to be holy. You must be different. You must lead the world. You must guide the world. You must guide your neighbors, your co-workers, because you are a cut above the rest. You are set apart. You are sanctified. The sanctify in work of the Holy Spirit, which you will see later as part of the Trinity. But he says, you have been set apart. You have been blameless before him in love. And then he comes and he, he talks about having predestined us. And many people, this is a very confusing word for many persons. Because if you don't understand what he is he, saying, then you'll confuse. Because you'll have persons um, who would say, well, God preordained people. And then preordination, preordination, you know, as um, Cal- you can become Calvinist, right? Yeah. And uh, you think that God ordained so everybody who is to be saved will be saved. 
So it don't matter you better preach the gospel. Yeah. Because everybody who is to be saved will be saved according to the Calvinists. Right? But that couldn't be right. right, right. And that's why, you, you know, you don't need, you know, the Canadian um, leadership don't train the, the mountaineers to discern the phonies, counterfeit note, you know. Because by the time they train them to identify this counterfeit, them change them, start make some new ones. They, 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 they are taught to identify the genuine thing. And the moment that anything that is not real comes into their hand, they yeah. can detect that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is what we need to do. Spend time developing our relationship with Jesus Christ to know him better. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Amen. I want to know nothing else. Except Christ crucified. I want to know him in such a way. So that when phonies, you know, counterfeit, come around and talk all sorts of things, spurious doctrines. I don't need to know about those false doctrines. All I need to know is Jesus Christ and what he says. And then I will discover and discern that this is phony. It can't be true. It is not based on the word of God. It cannot be. And so, having predestined. So, God does not predestine us. And it means if he does that, he would be biased. Now, what about those who are not predestined? Yep. Yep. You see? And then, when you know the word of God, you'll be guided because it says, it is not the will of God that any should perish, Amen. but that all should come to what? Repentance. For, for God so loved the world that he gave that whosoever yeah. believes in him. Yeah. And that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. So you can't hold what Calvin says. No. Because it is contrary to the word of God. Amen. So what he's talking about is that everybody who comes to God has made it that anybody who says yes to Jesus, those are the ones he preordained to be adopted into the family. Which means anybody has that opportunity. Anybody has that privilege. The moment you say yes to Jesus Christ, as you say, having predestined us unto, he says, adoption, of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Amen. Adopted to become a part. We can sing this song. It says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Washed in his fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint ears with Amen. Jesus as we travel along. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Amen. We have been. And it is very important for us to understand this matter of Adoption. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are even laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. So we are predestined unto adoption through Jesus Christ. 
And as John puts it, God the Father has lavished his love on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. When you read 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, you see this. That is who we are in Christ Jesus. We are born of God. We are born of God. And our adoption comes through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, who is the mediator of our adoption, which implies blessings from God from above having preordained us unto adoption as children by Jesus. In other words, none whom to Jesus came, he will never send away. By Christ, by Jesus Christ to himself. And notice he says in verse 5, according according to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, God is pleased, well pleased. According to the good pleasure of his will. God is, 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 is glorified in that. According to the good pleasure of his In other words, the word for good pleasure characterizes the will as one whose intent is something good. God had a good intention in calling us to himself. Amen. And this means that God has a purpose for us as adopted children. And the measure of human privilege in the adoption is according to the divine graciousness of God. So that in the end, it is to the glory of his grace. This means that the ultimate end is that God may be all in all. God has bestowed favor, grace upon us. We did not deserve it. We are unworthy. But God looks down upon us. Frail children of dust. And feeble as frail. And he bestows his grace, his mercy, his love upon us. We have been adopted by God in Jesus Christ. What a privilege we have. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is for us to be adopted by. It is important for us to understand this terminal because it is in Jesus Christ. This, this blessing, in other words, you, you, you see some people and you will believe as if God has forgotten about us. And we must love when we must, the Bible says we must pray for the Jewish nation, we must love them. But we mustn't go overboard and believe that they are superior than us. Because what God is saying, I am making a correction. I chose Israel, not by their might or their power. Now I am choosing another generation. Gentiles. By the grace of God, God has raised up the Gentiles. Everything and the blessing that they have, we have in Jesus Christ. We are not here to fight against them. But we are, to, we are called just like them now. Because of God's grace. Yes. 
before you could only join the Jewish race, well, you could, you could only, you, only by birth you could be a Jew, rather. Yeah, yeah. No, God in Christ. And that's why Ephesians is so good, is, is a wonderful book for the church. Because God in Christ has changed the order. For in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek nor Gentile, but all Amen. are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's Amen. the word of God. Amen. So as much as he preach and talk about the Jews and so on, don't let him lead you astray to believe as if you are not doing an important work. Because we have a higher calling. Amen. And this calling is a calling that is not partial. Because Jews, as well as Gentiles, mm -hmm. yeah. have to come by the same means now. Amen. They have to come by the same the means. He says, to the praise and glory of God, of his grace, wherein he has made us acceptable in the beloved. God has made us acceptable in his beloved son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now look at it. We move to the, the, the second person of the Trinity now. In verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The gospel of grace through Jesus Christ. The redemption through his blood. Very important for us to understand this um, redemption through his blood. As we see in, 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 in this, and as Dr. Ryrie outlines, I remind us of, of the importance of, 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 of redemption. And three ideas are involved in this process of redemption. As we see the word, paying the, the ransom with the blood of Christ. We see this in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Did you know you were not redeemed with what? Silver and gold, mm -hmm. but with the what? Precious blood Amen. of Christ Jesus as if a lamb without what? Blemish. Yeah. So that is part of the whole redemption process. The second one he points out is the removal from the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, as well as chapter 4, verse 5. You and I have been redeemed. We have been set free from the curse of the law. Because the law says, you do or die. But Jesus Christ came. And realized that we couldn't keep the law. But we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And thirdly, it released from the bondage of sin into the freedom of grace. Thank and here and, uh, uh, and in 1 Peter chapter 1, 8, redemption is always through his blood. That is through the death of Christ, as Colossians chapter 1, verse 14 says. Redemption through his blood. Not by the law, but redemption, he says, Jesus Christ in whom we have redemption through his blood. Through his blood. No wonder we are told that 
in the Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 that and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of the blood there's no remission of sin. Amen. No remission of sin. Apart from the pouring out of the blood the writer of the Hebrews states that the putting away of sin cannot be, be, be brought about without the blood. Amen. Without the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, neither can there be forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. Amen. Because as it goes on, it says, also the forgiveness in whom we have not only redemption to his blood, but the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Yeah. Yeah. What a privilege we have, the forgiveness of sin. Amen. Though we have wandered far away, and it doesn't matter how far you have gone, it doesn't matter what you have done, what a privilege we have in Jesus Christ. That he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Amen. And even when we have been unfaithful, he remains faithful. Amen. And he will always remain faithful to us as we give him honor and glory. He says, riches of his grace. In other words, his favor, his mercy, according to the riches of his grace. And you cannot calculate the riches of God's grace. Mm, no, sir. God is great in love and mercy. That's why it doesn't matter who you are. You have to love one another. Amen. It's very hard at times, but we have to pray and ask God to give us grace Amen. to love one another. Amen. It's very hard and difficult at times. You have to pray and ask God to love your neighbors and even pray for your enemies. Yes. Very hard. But guess what? This is what this is a part of the territory uh, that we are called. It goes along with us. And so he says, he continues uh, uh, with, 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 with Jesus in this whole aspect of grace. In verse 8, he says, Wherein he had abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Now, wisdom is very important. You know? It's a principal thing. When you read the book of Proverbs, it talks about wisdom. And sometimes it even refers to wisdom as a person. Knowledge is good. But knowledge is just the accumulation of facts. But wisdom... Is the application of the knowledge that you get. Yes. Yes. So you're going to apply that so that you can sit the exam and pass the exam and what have you, because you are putting everything together. And so you have to understand that this is different. So in, 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 in wisdom, wisdom embraces the collective activity of the mind Jesus. as directed to divine aims. To be achieved by moral means. Prudence is the insight of the practical reason regulating the disposition. So he says he has given us wisdom and prudence. Christians yeah. must demonstrate these qualities. 
wisdom, put everything together. Put everything together. You listen to this one, you might listen to that one, but at the end of the day, you have to sum it up and weigh it up. Because we are living in an age of so many things, and they are talking about so many truths, and this truth, and that truth, and who's right and who's wrong. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's not what this one says, or what that one says. It is based on your understanding and based on the word of God. And in some other things, then, we don't even worry ourselves and fight about certain things, because let me tell you the truth, and not my truth tell me. As long as we are on this land, I don't expect this world to get better. That's why I say those who are filthy are going to be filthy still. And those who are holy are going to be holy still. Jesus is not getting us ready to live on this earth. He's preparing us to go to heaven. Many of us minds are so set up on this earth. Instead of set up on heaven. That is as if we can't leave this world. Look at it. We spend so much time to educate ourselves, educate our children and doing this, doing that. But some of us are not ready to go to meet the Savior. So many people. So many people are not ready to go and we have to make sure that everything we do is balanced because the word of God speaks. That even those we don't agree with, the word of God says, love them. You see what I'm saying? The word of God tells us to love them. And if you can't love them, how are you going to win them? The Bible is not telling you to compromise. Because that was the downfall of Eli. Eli, as far as his duty was concerned, he did nothing wrong. But he compromised yeah. with the sins of his sons. Yeah. Eli, all when he heard that his two sons were dead, it didn't touch him. Mm-hmm. Until he heard that the heart of the Lord was taken. He fell back on his chair and his neck broke. He was a godly man. But he was, he lacked discernment and discretion in relation to compromise. God is expecting us to stand firm on his word and to be truthful to his word. He says, having, verse 9, made known unto us the mystery of his will. And the mystery here he's speaking about is not, you know, some people talk of mystery. Mystery is here to be, to be taken, not so much as thing, a thing which baffles, like you watch some mystery movie and you, you, you can't find. No, it's the, the hidden unknown yeah. in its own time, in the fullness of time. Yeah. Just like when the Bible says in Galatians, for in the fullness of time God sent forth his stone. It's on the whole and because I'm not ready for reveal it to you yet. Is and but 
in the fullness of time, God will. Sometimes some things have happened before God reveals certain things. Now. What do you think he says in the fullness of time? Because, you see, as brutal as Rome was, God had to use them to prepare the way too for the Messiah. Because up to this day, nobody could build roads like Roman, like the Roman. You go some part in Rome, you see they cut stone and, 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 and still the chariot can, 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 can go and still. Because the soldiers were able to move from one part of the empire swiftly. That's why they were able to keep peace. Known as the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. The world needed peace before Jesus could come. And God used wicked Rome to do that. We need to understand some things we might not agree with, but we must understand. But not only that. In the fullness of time, the Greeks, the Greeks also got used because the culture, and up to this day we are culturized because they said Rome conquered the world politically, but Greece conquered the world intellectually. And they needed to understand that. Because Greek, the Greek language was universal. Mm-hmm. Everybody could understand. Universal. Without that universal language, it would be difficult. Right. So you see how God used the Greeks, the Romans, and so many other things that God used so that he says, in the fullness of God sent forth his son. He didn't send him before till Rome bring peace. Or the Greek language was universal. So we have to understand the scripture and understand signs of the time. And don't be baffled sometimes when you say something. Just say, look up for your redemption right near. Look unto God. As the psalmist says, I lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Hear what he says? Look at verse 10. He says, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one, in the fullness of time. So all the Jews and the Bible and the temples and so on. But in the dispensation of times, God says, time now. I'm going to bring better Jew or Gentile to become one. And in that full dispensation, he brought the church together. The fullness of time. And the word time denotes times as bringing forth several births to the sum of all things to be. In other words, God brought this group together. They were to be, you see, when God, they were to be the light unto the Gentile. You know? God did not just come and say, I'm going to bless the Gentile. No, a long time they were supposed to be blessed. But the Jews were not blessing them. The Jews were there to be a light unto the Gentiles. That was a part of their responsibility. They were to live in such a way. That's why when those old patriarchs, Abraham and so went to any place, the first thing they did was to do what? Set up an altar. 
so that those who don't know God can see that they worship one true God yeah. and set the example. But after a while, they feel that they have it all. Yeah. And salvation is of the Jews. And all the Gentiles must be burned in hellfire. That's the problem. And he says, But God in the fullness of time have gathered them in one in Christ Jesus. In, in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. So whether it is in heaven or on earth, all things must come under one other under the leadership of God Almighty through Christ. Amen. And then that we, verse 12, should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. What a wonderful privilege we have in Christ Jesus. Our oh Lord, we have trusted in Christ. And we are thankful for the revelation of his mystery to us and the will and the unity of all things, whether in heaven or on earth, as he outlines, and that we should be the praise and glory of him who called. And then he closes with the, the, the Spirit. In whom he also trusted after that, you, he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that, ye believed, ye were sealed with that, Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. So, it is the Holy Spirit of God that leads men to repentance. It's the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how much I preach or you preach. It's the Spirit of God. That's why the greatest preparation for a revival is prayer, prayer, prayer. Amen. When they asked Billy Graham what was the, is the success of, he said, prayer, prayer, prayer. Only the Spirit of God, not the fanciness of the word. Sometimes when we plan revival, so we look and see which preacher we think we can invite to draw the crowd or draw the people or so on. But it's the Holy Spirit that is going to draw unregenerated men, women, boys and girls to repentance. Amen. Pray that the Holy Ghost take over and that souls be saved, backsliders be reclaimed. Yeah. Amen. And believers be strengthened in the faith in whom he trusted. Yes, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. That's, you see here, here, here what it says. By, by the seal, notice it says, sealing of, uh, of the Spirit. In other words, the seal of the Spirit is important for us as, as, as church people, you know? It's not by blood or by race, but by the sealing of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. yes. In other words, every believer in Christ has the sealing of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. yes. It's like a down payment yes. for the full payment to be made, but you have a down payment. Mm -hmm. What is our down payment on earth? We can't go boast and talk about the Jews or the so-and-so on the nation. We boast whether because whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, the down payment is the Holy Ghost living in you. Amen. 
You talk about you want to go to heaven and you find out from Abraham and those people how they managed and what. They were so close to God. Well, we were closer to God than them. Because the Holy Spirit was not living in them that time. The Holy Spirit would come upon them and anoint them for a task. And when them sin against him, he withdraw himself like Samson. And when Samson get up and feel he could shake himself and do as they know spiritual God upon him. But for us, we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. We have God, in other words, living in us. God the Spirit living in us. That's why when you're a genuine Christian and true Christian, there are certain things you can't say, certain things you can't do, certain behavior you can't practice, because once you do it, you're going to feel the conviction of the Spirit of God. I shouldn't have said it. And that's why we have to go back and say, I'm sorry about offending you or offending this, because the Spirit says, you know, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't be at that place. Because of the Spirit of God. If you are claiming you are a Christian and you are not convicted when you do wrong, Amen. You, then I, I don't know. Yeah. Because the Spirit, as long as the Spirit of God lives in you, and every believer ought to have the Spirit, by one Spirit are you baptized. Yeah. And that comes at conversion. Yeah. When you trust to Jesus Christ, as your Savior and Lord, He comes in because you can't live the life yourself. It is God in, in, by the Holy Spirit who comes in and lives that life for us. The sealing of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit broke down all class distinction. Jew, well, there's neither no more Jew nor Greek nor slave nor but we are all one in Christ Jesus. All one in Christ Jesus. And you and I have that distinct privilege that the Spirit of God says, I belong to God. I am a child of God. And I can continue. He says, in whom he also trusted after that he heard the word and so on and so on, which Verse 14, is the earnest of our inheritance and to the redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of his glory. In other words, we are saved, but every day we are being saved. Salvation in the past tense, salvation in the present tense, and salvation in the future tense. We will ultimately be saved completely from sin completely. No more temptation. And so... The down payment has been given to us. And we wait for his return. As our song says, coming soon, Jesus in all his glory. And we wait for that coming. Every time the gospel is preached, we think of the coming of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. We celebrate birthdays. And Mother's Day coming, and I know that you have a good tradition here. I love your Mother's Day service. Pleasure. And seeing people coming up and lighting candles yeah. or so on. Just to remember. But the Holy Spirit who lives in us, we must never forget him. Amen. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. He is the one that sets us apart, sanctifies us yes. for work in the mission. And the minute, if the Holy Spirit of God did not lay it upon your pastor, you could have said, we have so many things to do. Why send money go to Riverton? We have so many things to do. But in the sending, God help him to finish everything that you need to do. And you look around and see what the Lord has done. The blessing of God. Look around and see what happened. Look around how many churches you can go now and find so many persons on a Wednesday evening. As a sign, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up your servant that you have called. We lift up his family. Lord, we ask your anointing upon him and upon yes. his wife and his children and grandchildren and great grand. We lift them up to you in the name of Jesus. And those who are strained and drifting, we call them forth in the name of Jesus because they belong to you. And we look forward for their return to be a part of this fellowship. And we thank you, God, for the faithfulness of your servants, the leadership of this church who have respected and honored their pastor over the years in the name of Jesus and did not come and say, well, pastor, we can't afford to do this or give to Southeast or give to Jamaica and to many others because they understand their calling. And we just bless you for this church, for the membership, And we just pray for your children who are going to move out of this era. We pray that you'll bring them safely there and settle them down in the right church that they will continue carrying out the work of ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord hand clap. Amen. I hope and pray you heard the word.